Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings, greetings. This is Big Mama 7. <laughs> We're doing radio. Uh, welcome to the People's Black Panther Party's radio. We do this every Sunday, um, either hearing from myself, um, the chairman, national chairman, Yankin Kruma, or you hear from Chief of Staff War um, in the Panther 48. So every Sunday we get together to really build our nation up, you know, and we have some very honest discussions about the state of our nation, uh, what we need to do to improve our nation, and everything like that. It's definitely a challenge. We're in some challenging times, and that's how we got to this topic right here. Um, This topic right here, (laughs) 2020 is crazy, is such a vague understatement, it doesn't make sense. I couldn't really put what I wanted to put on the air, and as this year is blinked up, you know, this has been, uh, in my 50 years, this has been one of the hardest years uh, that I have seen African Americans go through, you know. Uh, We've been challenged on every single front imaginable, um, from natural disasters, you know, and I'm going to call COVID a natural disaster, even though we know part of this is handmade and hand-orchestrated and all this other stuff, from, um, you know, the isolation, the challenges on that, from the protest and the continuation of the police brutality, to um, understanding the economic functions that are coming up right now, you know, we have to talk about 2020. We have to get our minds right in 2020. It is uh, not an easy task. And so I wanted to have this conversation, give people a place and a space to kind of vent where they are, how they're feeling, um, and, and also not just not have a place to vent, but have a place to also get some solutions. Uh, myself and Mama Makita, who is going to come on the line shortly, you know, um, we are solution-oriented. You know, we want to be able to give the people some information, enough information, to where they can start to build for themselves. You know, the um, formation is People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. And so we have um, we have to really work on building our own desires to want more. So I wanted to just let people know this is where we're coming from today. If you want to check out some of the heated debates that we've been going through, speaking about white supremacy, speaking about uh, the chairman spoke about homosexuality uh, in the movement um, and all of that, you can go to the People's Black Panther Party Facebook page, and all the old shows are listed there and everything else like that. I'm going to bring on Mama Nikita, and we're going to we're going to get through this hour and a half. We're going to work on this. So hold on for just a second. Greetings, welcome to the show. Love and light, family. How are you, sister? I'm struggling. I'm still in 2020. Okay, <laughs> I didn't hit the time machine to fast forward me out of here. Okay. <laughs> So you mean to tell me it's not December thirty first yet? That's that's what you're saying. Not okay. quite. No, <laughs> sorry. 
it feels as if we've lived the entire um, decade <laughs> in the first six okay. months of this year. It, it really does. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and the, the struggles are indeed real. They're very serious. And things are not just affecting one person in the household. It's affecting the whole household as well as extended family members. And um, serious times. Serious time. It is. It is. And this is a time where another has to be have support, support each other. You know. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. And see what that's what I wanted to let people know what Big Mama's house is about. Okay. Because this is a very, uh, in, in my opinion, it's a very panther thing to do. It's a very panther thing to have. But this is not what our formations are doing right now. A lot of the formations are focused on military and thank God for it because we need that energy put there. Um, at the same time, while our soldiers, while our militants, while our strategists are out taking care of the world, somebody got to take care of this house. Somebody has to take care of the kids. Somebody has to be focused on the neighborhood. And so that, that's the, the angle that Big Mama's House comes from. You know, we have to have that family in focus. And, and that's very, very hard to do in this way, in this world right now. Right now the world wants us to focus on ourselves individually, and we're drowning like that. We're not surviving. We've got to start pulling together as a collective to get somewhere. You know, we're not going to get anywhere, just kind of sitting on our heels. So we got to start working together. This is what Big Mama's House is about. So I just wanted to go ahead and put that out there and, and let my, my, my fellow Panthers and all those that take the time to listen to the program, this is the angle we're coming from. And knowing this fight, because I've been in this fight for a minute, we need all people working in all capacities immediately, okay? This is not, you know, this, this is a call called a hand. So if you belong with your boots on the ground, please get there. If you're a protester and that's how you like to work, please do that, you know. We have so much to do, so much that needs to be done that, you know, everyone, needs to be working in their full capacity. And so, you know, it takes all kinds to make this happen. And that's one thing I loved about, I'm going to say, my parents' era, you know, as, as the formations were coming, as the, you know, original Black Panthers were working, it was, there wasn't one type of panther. There wasn't one type of work. It was all work. You know, we all had to get this thing done. So, you know, I really, really, um, and then they all respected each other's work as well. And so, you know, we have to get to the point where we are going back and respecting the work, we're recognizing the work, and we're getting the work done. Exactly. One of the things that you mentioned about um, the goal for this self-isolation and trying to get through everything on your own, it, it is not to our benefit at all. At all. No, what not. ends up happening is you have people that are getting overwhelmed. 
You have people that are having mental breakdowns. You have people that, oh, well, we can help you, but you have to do it this way on the computer. And people are not very confident in that, especially if they're dealing with things like paranoia and everything else to go along with it, considering all that has happened, all that's being um, downloaded into them via the media, via the music, via all these not positive influences. So it is really up to us to work together to figure out ways to create schedules, to balance things out, to give people breaks when they do need the breaks so that collectively we can still get work done without one person or two people being completely overwhelmed trying to carry the whole neighborhood on their shoulder. And we spoke about Mm. this before. If this is your 2%, then do your 2%. We don't even need you to take 32%. Just take your 2% yes. and do your best yes. with it. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, we we, we go on and on about um, <laughs> the burden of family. And I, I say that lightly because I'm like, oh, you know, how can you say that family's a burden, blah, blah. I, I get it, but listen to my words, okay? I'm not saying that not to be family-oriented. I'm not saying that we don't have to pay attention to each other, love each other and everything. What I'm saying is sometimes it gets hard. Let's recognize that and start to put things in place that will help when it does get hard, okay? So we're not going to sit here and play games like we're not struggling, okay? We're not going to play games like those people that are, quote unquote labeled essential workers aren't essential out. <laughs> you know, man, I got to be at this Kroger every day. I got to do this I got to be at this gas station every day behind a hot mask and I'm essential. Who's taking care of me and who's taking care of my kids while I'm here being essential for everybody else? Exactly. You know, we 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 gotta ask these questions. We have to ask these questions. Who is there for you as you're taking care of your community? So we got to get so to this. That's a question. <laughs> you know, that's a question that everyone wants to answer because then it makes you look at the man in the mirror. What can you do differently? Maybe your only role is to make a phone call. And check in on that essential worker, <laughs> you know. Maybe your role is yeah. I'm going to cook dinner and I'll have an extra plate for this person. And if that's, that's right. your role, then let's do, do it, it. please. <laughs> some people are very comfortable, you know. They have become extremely comfortable in the lack of productivity. Mm. And we have to do that. Mm. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And guess what? Here at Big Mama's house, we're going to say the word. <laughs> I have to. I have to. You know, you're not going to walk away from me not knowing the truth, okay? You're not going to walk away not understanding what you want to say, what you want to hear, and understanding this. This is the people's, this is the people's radio. Say it like my chairman says it. Um, and that means that we are trying to be of service to the people, for the people. We want to hear what you have to say. We want you to share into the conversation. If you'd like to join us, then you press 1. We will acknowledge you, get you on the phone lines, 
and just so that you can speak and have your words be heard, sometimes this might be the only place where your words are heard and not twisted and not made into something else. And so um, I want to make sure that everyone understands that's what this place is for and that it's available, okay? Um, And we're going to get into uh, 2020. We're going to get into all the factors that that are making 2020 what it is. And then we're going to also say, hey, look, you got some things coming up. You got some things coming up. We got some real heavy things coming up. But I have a caller that would like to speak, and so I want to go ahead and and get the caller real quick, and then we're going to get into this conversation so we can understand not just the full impact of 2020, but also start to think about what is on that horizon. Because to me, the horizon is way scarier than what we're actually seeing right now. So we're going to do that. So hold on for just a second, okay, Mom Makita? Okay. Greetings, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you ladies doing tonight? Uh, we're doing well, and yourself? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I, I had some questions. Uh, I, I, you you model yourself as Panthers. Uh, what's your standpoint on the original 10-point program and also uh, on, like, the works of Marcus Garvey? And you know the rights of return, uh, and beyond that, my my greater question is, what is the ultimate goal of the Black Panther Party? Oh, those are fantastic questions, man! You missed the chairman. The chairman would love to go through that. I don't know who would get more excited on that, the chairman or the chief. Um, well, I would, I would, uh, I would like to, I would like to be honest. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white guy. Uh, I'm involved. Mm-hmm. Also, in identity politics, uh, but I would like to have a very good conversation with y'all. I mean, I like Marcus Garvey, I like QEP Newton, uh, I like Malcolm. Uh, I respect what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that the black community needs self determination, uh, and I would love to have like these kind of cross table conversations. And I, I just really want to know, like, you know, what's your where? Do, what is the end game? Where where do we go from? I mean, <laughs> in, in my opinion. <laughs> I, let me tell you something. Tell me your name. You have to tell me your name. Tell me your name. My name is Zachary. Hey, Zachary. Hey, Zachary. Let me tell you, those are the questions that we're trying to get answers for as we speak. Now, some of this is historical information, and some of it is um, what we're still building. So the 10-point platform was created um, to list some of the basic demands that the Panthers were like, hey, look, these are some things that are missing out of our community, okay? These are some of the things that we want, we need, we demand right now. And that that's a lot, all of the formations are built upon that 10-point platform. Formations vary because the struggle in the African-American community is not uh, one-sided, one person, one school, one area, one anything. It is very multifaceted, and because of that, there are lots of different ways that we're trying to go about getting solutions to that. Um, I think it's important that we begin to have conversations across the line. So 
the fact that, you know, you're a white guy has everything and nothing to do with it because these are conversations that we have with everyone. This is, you know, public radio. (laughs) And so we are trying to get this message across that more information is needed, more dialogue is needed, more understanding is needed. And this particular program, Big Mama's House, what we do is we look at things from a family point of view. We look at things from the, the how do we handle the children? How do we handle relationships? How do we begin to build and grow from there? And we do this every Sunday. Every Sunday we get together and we try to build from there. Um, I'm going to see if I can patch in uh, my chairman real quick and see if he wants to add more to that as we get into our 2000, as we get into our 2020. Let's see if I can do that. Greetings. Welcome to the show. Hey, I'll, greetings. All proud to the people. No, you actually did well. What I do want to tell Zachary is we have a program. My program will be on Sunday. Is he still on? Yes. Zachary exactly. Is he still, you still there? Uh, yes, I'm still here. Exactly, your mic and I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll at seven, at seven, introduce me. I'll make a formal introduction. I'm, I'm Chairman Yanga, the Chairman of the People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination. Your questions were wonderful questions. I would love to address them, and I, and, and I actually hope they get a little bit more frank. You know what I'm saying? I kind of sense that you want to go somewhere. That this really isn't the show, but I'm so hoping that you would join me Tuesday and ask, I mean, you know, I, I called a thing you said that you're into identity politics, and I so am too. So I think we would have a <laughs> wonderful discussion. About, <laughs> I think that would be, and I think a frank and candid uh, conversation is warranted. Um, so absolutely, and I'll be, I'll be open to answer any question I can as forthrightly, and I hope that you would offer me the same invitation to speak with you about identity and, and, and its role in America as far as oh, it relates to course. black and white. So Tuesday, oh, cool. 8 o'clock, same number, mm-hmm. my friend. Please don't disappoint. Call in. I will, All right? I will, I, I will call in. I mean, it depends on work. I, I would like to say – okay. Uh, oh, I fully respect what you guys are doing. I, I, I think mm-hmm. the only way for the black community to solve these issues is through black leadership. I think that white people can't solve these problems for you, and I, mm-hmm. and I think that's mm-hmm. a misconception. Yes. Uh, and I think in, at the end of the day, from from at least what I see, we need self determination for all people. Uh, absolutely, and, absolutely, absolutely. And, absolutely. And, no, but I, I I think, and like I said. I'm not going to take um, seven show, but absolutely. And and we will go into that world leadership because I think not only do we need black leadership, we need black leadership as defined by black people, not black leadership uh, acting and emulating white leadership. I think that's neocolonialism or the emulation of white people in the black community is a very big problem. It's hard to practice self-determination when you're just trying to determine to be other people. So you know it's 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 a broad scope, man, and I and I so look forward to that conversation. But you're right, you're, you're I feel like you're on the right thing, though. We do need self determination. We do need to be in charge of ourselves and govern ourselves, as you so honorably mentioned, the Honorable Marcus inside uh, Garvey. I think oh, I I love I love the works of Marcus Garvey. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of of Huey. Uh, I, they're all very inspirational, just for a you know. 
a nationalist perspective on how to lead your people. They were great men, hands down great men right. no matter your race. You can take their readings and apply them to anything. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, and I was trying to steer the conversation in a direction, uh, and you're right. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I, I honestly believe that Black Panther, Black Nationalist, I, I, would, I would assume you're okay with that term, Black Nationalist. I, I, I would assume you. you would have better conversation with me than you would a white liberal. I think a white liberal has a savior complex. They want to come into mm-hmm. the black community. They want to dictate the, to the black community, and that's where I think we get our, our wires mixed up. Like we really need men and women who stand for them, their families, their their race, their nation, mm-hmm. to actually have these conversations. The liberal absolutely say everything's fine. Well, you know, one of our problems is not so much. I agree with you there about the white liberals uh, and and the white left. You know, a lot of their programs do in the long term hurt harm black people. But it's not so much that what we're saying about the uh, right and what we're saying about certain white identity claimist or those that acknowledge it, we're saying that your system is unjust. We're saying that the this system is not only does it promote white supremacy, it caters to white privilege and white entitlement. And so what we say to say all of that is we don't necessarily have to shake hands and have to be friends, but if you have a system that says if a black person is murdered, you get a year. And if a white person is murdered, you get 30 years. We're saying that, you know, the punishment doesn't met the crime. And that's what we're saying. We're saying not only are you intentionally targeting us, you're encouraging um, crimes to happen to us because your system doesn't deter people who have nefarious motives towards the black community. I, I agree. I agree with me. I agree with you. I, I don't think it's good to be a minority. I do not think it's right. good to be a minority. I, I don't want to become a minority. And I totally agree that when there is a system set up by certain people, there are clashes of other you know groups, and they get the shit in the stick. I'm, I'm, I will not. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a white man who's into identity politics, but I will not dis- disagree that the black man has got a bad deal in America. I would, I would never say that because of course it is. When you're a minority, you don't have representation, and that's why I don't want to be one. I think the end goal has to be self-determination. I think the black man has to lead the black community. The white man has to lead the white community, and we have to, you know, learn to work together and trade and not be, you know, colonial. I hate colonialism. I'm absolutely against mm-hmm. colonialism. I think exploitation is horrible. Uh, but we can't fix each other's problems. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. Like, I mean, like Tupac. Tupac. Tupac said this. Just because I'm not your friend doesn't mean you're my enemy. Just because I won't welcome you to eat at my table, I don't want to see you starve. I want right to see on. the black. I want to see the black community do well. That doesn't mean we have to eat from the same table. And I don't mm-hmm. think the white man can fix the black man's issues and vice versa. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you and I would agree, but I think what we would disagree on is the solution to it. Would you advocate? See, this is what I love the way you're talking. But I would push it because would you advocate wealth distribution, uh, a wealth equal wealth distribution? Would you advocate black people having a 475, 500-year tax exemption status? You know, I mean, what would you be willing to do to level the, 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 the playing fields to where we could say, hey, you know what? 
We do want to practice self-determination and don't want to have to deal with people other than. But our situation, America has put us in such a situation that we're forced. I mean, people think we shuck and jive and smile and laugh because we absolutely love the treatment we receive here. No. We're put in a position that we're forced to endure uh, substandard living conditions and just social injustices generally because we're the descendants of enslaved Africans. You know, so my question would be what would a, and and, and I'm going to be quiet because seven, please, thank you for being so patient. This is your show. But my question would be what would white America, those who propose uh, or who's saying what you're saying, what would they be willing to do? And secondly, sir, I would have to ask because I, you and I may be a lot more similar than we're saying. We're saying we're into identity politics, but are by any chance you a separatist? Uh, well, I'm 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 a separatist. I, I personally am. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, you and I sound. Listen, I sound like I'm talking to my white counterpart. You know, I don't have a problem with a lot of your politics. I just the only difference between you and I is you have a system to enforce, ensure, and back up. Your politics, so your identity politics can be dangerous to my politics I, of life. I, I I totally I totally agree, and that's why I'm a separatist. Uh, like I said, I'm not a I'm not a colonialist. I do not want to you know I do not want to rule over the black man or think that I can fix his issues. That that mm-hmm. that is we 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 tried this experiment and it didn't work. That's like let's cut our ties, and your people deserve to be paid for what they went through. I, I I've never wow. had that. We should we should take, I mean, dude, and this is a white nationalist saying this. For for mm-hmm. every year that African people were enslaved, we should take up the GDP for slave states and how much they produced and pay them that equal amount today. That, Damn, and, exactly and, for president. I'm totally fine with that. I'm to, and then at the end at the end of that, we split weight. Seven, what do you think about all this? This you are required to be for your show, Big Mama. <laughs> I have a question. And hey, Mama Makita, how are you? I didn't greet you, Makita. How are you? Too, so at the end of the day, when we split ways, how how do you propose that we split ways? Well, I think that I'm coming from a place of uh, I have an upper hand, uh, so I think that the black community should have a, a, a higher stake. They should be able to dictate what they want. And if they want to return to Africa, we should we should make that possible. We should help any way in that. But also, blacks have built America. So I think you have claim to a part of America. And, you know, if black leaders can say, hey, okay, this is so where we want to go. Zach, where would you go? Oh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I live in the South, but I'm from the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, if we were talking about so a return to. I'm sorry? I'm just, I'm just trying. Are you going back? I'm just trying to get some clarity. Oh, I mean, if that's where okay. you guys wanted that. If, if you want can have the choice to go or to stay. I'm just asking where you're going. Well, I mean, it depends on what the what y'all would want. I mean, if you want where I'm at, I'll leave. Well, you, you have to understand why we're skeptical. You know, we're, we're, we're from a way that says if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. So it's it's you know, rare to hear people who, you know, I, I personally, this is my opinion, feel, you know, benefit from entitlement um, to hear them say, hey, I'm willing enough to give up everything or wherever, 
You know, and then you say you're from Appalachia. From Appalachia, are you from Kentucky? West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay, see, I'm from the Kentucky area, so that's probably that Commonwealth. That's that Commonwealth thing I'm sensing in you that that we share. <laughs> so, um, but you know, it's it it is. We have been bitten and hurt by well-intended, good-meaning, well-spoken white people since I'm being brought over here. So it's always so I'm I'm waiting for the. The, the big picture, and it's something where Makita was going. Uh, like she said, where would you go? And just add to that, what is it that you would get from her? Because you're acquiescing to all our demands. So what is it? You know, no one does that without looking for a gain. Okay. What would you gain from all this? Us having our own place, us getting reparations, black people being self-determined. Um, what it's do you not, gain from all of that? Well, well I mean, it's, it's not about what I gain. Uh, I think it's what we all gain. I think that we've all been tricked by a, a Bolshevik, you know, almost like, you know, Talmudic type of uh, repression. And we've all been taught to hate each other while we ignore the hand that dictates it all. Uh, I just believe that we can't fix each other's issues. I'm willing to, you know, you know, if, I mean, I, I have to be real. I mean, you know, I'm not just going to be a propaganda artist. I realize that the black man and black woman have, have contributed to America. And you can't say they. I mean, the Chinese did. Everybody has. You can't. You can't say that the white man owns America. That's that's a fallacy, and it's and it's wrong. It's it's totally wrong. Now, can we you know split on cultural lines? Of course we can. And it's not about what I gain. It's what I don't lose. What I don't lose is continued violence. You know, strife, hate. You know, the erasing of identity. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to go wherever I have to go to, you know, if we can find a peaceful solution. And that's what I, that's what I really want. Excuse me, Zach. My apologies. I have another question for you. What do you do with all these biracial brown babies? I would I would honestly say I think that most people who are biracial usually identify with their more, you know, uh, I, I don't want to be – I do not want to be rude, and so please do not take this as no, a rude No, they, they usually do identify black or either they're put in the black category. I, I, listen, I'm going to be candid. You have been so far, and I love that. And I think they, I think they usually not – even, not even from my perspective. I think that mixed or biracial children usually identify with their more colored parents. Uh, and I, I've known very – I've known a lot of mixed guys who are great guys, but at the end of the day, they identify as black, not white. Uh, but – Here's what I'm saying. Our separation doesn't have to be dictated. There shouldn't be like borderlines where say, oh, if you're not white, you can't come into this to this area. It should be personal choice. At the end of the day, they should say, hey, blacks are going to run this area. They can do it however they want to. Whites are going to have this area, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. If you want to cross so, and mix it up, that's fine. that's fine. I'm sorry, Zach, not to be rude, but a question. So there was a time, I think, what's that thing called? Brother Chairman, you can help me out and get the details on Black Wall Street. Can you let a brother yeah. know what happened with Black yeah. Wall Street? Right. About, but, but you know what, though? And I'm going to tell you, Makita, what we're actually hearing, which is a rarity, because what has happened to Zachary, Zach, has happened to us as black nationalists. We're actually talking to a real white nationalist, not a white supremacist masquerading as a white nationalist. If we remember my teaching, I'm saying nationalism is natural. We see the Hispanic people do it. We see the Jewish people do it. We see the Asian people do it when they come to America. People will naturally gravitate 
to what they are, what they identify to, what they relate to. It doesn't have to be a hate factor for anyone else. It's just a security, familiarity, and comfortable factor. And I think that, like, what I'm hearing, and I could be tricked because, no offense, Zach, you know, I in, in my teachings, the white man has proven to do devilment, so we do refer to the white man at times as the devil. So I am listening with those ears. But from what you're saying, it sounds like nationalism. And since you're white, it happens to be white nationalism, which to us, it has it, been portrayed so bad that we don't separate it from white supremacy or anything else with the word white on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a white supremacist, a black supremacist. I don't feel like that my black skin. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I agree with you. And I mean, I mean, I would, I will give you guys my, I, I have, I've been doing this for a lot of years. Uh, I, I have a profile on the SPLC, on the ADL. Uh, I've, I've, I've been consistent with my message from day one that I've been in the public eye. I've been doxxed. Mm-hmm. I've, I've lost jobs. This is not, this is not a, a, a trick. This is what I really believe, and everything I've said has been factual. I think that I think black race deserves a part of America. And, and I'm not one of those people that say, oh, you got to leave. you got to leave America. I don't believe in that because you guys help build America. You have a claim. Well, you do have a claim. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like we said, you're, 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 you're teaching nationalism, which is nationalism, and we appreciate that. But here's our thing. That sentiment needs to be taken to your people. We, we know that while we're well, – what you heard from Makita, what you hear from me, and what you hear from black people is not so much an angle toward you or possession. We're basically telling you we know that. We don't need white people to come tell us we built it, that we can stay here, what we can do. That's what self-determination is all about, about us deciding what we're going to do for ourselves. What we do request, and I'm white nationalist uh, brothers, and we have to be – Larry and lending nas- white nationalism support. I can't come on here and endorse and support white nationalism because though I hear politically nationalism, historically and culturally, white people have tied their nationalism to supremacy, suppression, oppression, tyranny, genocide, and everything else to minority people. So I can't, though I'm a nationalist, and in policy I believe everybody has the right to nationhood, this and that, white people have shown me when they come together, what nationhood means to them. And I'm not saying all white people, but what I am saying is that it hasn't been enough good white people to stop the wicked white people from perpetrating crimes against humanity. So then, therefore, we have to – it's like if we had our own nation, we finally went out as black uh, Africans here in America, and we had our own stuff. Even though all of us wouldn't be wicked, if the majority were wicked and they allowed a wicked government, a wicked system – it would only be right for people to judge the whole thing as, listen, there's nobody in that can we trust. So I agree. that's I, – I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I, I mean I'm, I'm coming from a point of, you know, I, I, of course, have a better hand in life as, in America. So I understand your contention. I, I completely understand that. But what I'm trying to do and what I want to, you know, you know really – Further is these types of conversations where we realize that hey, you know, the only real answer to our issues is separation and self determination. That's the only real answer. And no one, I, I want, I want me personally. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a dictator for white people, but I don't, I don't want colonialism. I, I mean, I, I'm a huge supporter of Palestine. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge supporter of places, continents, or countries in Africa that have self determination. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I, 
I'm a real nationalist. I am a nationalist. And I don't right. want to fuck with you. And I, I really don't think that you want to fuck with me. I mean, I'll give you that. I don't think the black community wants to fuck over white people. I think historically, whites have wanted to fuck over, over other people. And that's why we're in this situation, because we can't keep our, our nose in our own business. And we need to learn how not to do that. And that's all I'm saying. Like, we need conversations like this. You know, Democrats or liberals coming on to CNN or anywhere else and, like, saying, oh, I'm a white man, and I understand the, 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 the the issue of being black in America. No, you don't. No, you don't. Let the blacks talk. Right. Shut up. Just shut up and let them talk. I support Absolutely. you. I support y'all. Wait, I agree. But what, my, my question would be, though, and I'm sorry for cutting you off, interrupting. My question would be, what would be the purpose of a dialogue? Like, no disrespect. I love this conversation we're having. But at the end of the day, what would be the purpose of it? And, and there again, no disrespect to you, but I don't need white people to amen me. I, 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 you and I share the same commonality on our nationalism. My party knows that we are a black nationalist party. We are a nationalist party, despite because we're revolutionary nationalists. We believe people have the independence of self, the right to self-determination. We believe that's an inalienable right. The fact that we're black means we have to address the black issue. Now, what I, the question I would have, though, in a dialogue with the same, you know, Someone who believes politically, ideologically, ideologically, as I do, in the right to nationalism for the people, um, what good would you and I have a dialogue doing, especially for the black African in America? Because we have to be careful that we don't get caught up into the see the white, the, the, the white man agree with me. I, I have to look at the, the, the benefits. See, you and I are talking this way. Isn't it like preaching to the choir, though, Zach? Aren't, aren't you and I saying the I same thing? What, I mean, I definitely think that uh, we have uh, a comrade almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we have to be, but what we have, I'm sorry, go ahead, Seven. I, I was just saying, I think that that's wonderful to have the similar understandings and allies and everything else like that. And I, I would love to see Zach come on, you know, Tuesday, don't you usually do the political education? Yeah, I do a little little show. That's why I said, you know, I didn't want to take the show. I definitely want because this is a great conversation. It's a super it, great it, conversation. Yeah, it definitely goes there. But like I said, you know, my question would be because in in that we are comrades in 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 the philosophy of nationalism, in the ideology of nationalism. Zach and I, Zach and I are comrades. Technically, the problem with that is just like Hitler was a social nationalist. You know what I'm saying? So we look at cultural influence, social political influences in the way that you take your nationalism. So that's exactly. one thing we have and to then, be, be concerned at. Secondly, and of course, you know, we have to be the big thing, the big thing with nationalism also is is not impeding on other people. You know what I'm saying? And so this, how do we? How do you get to be a nationalist without interfering with someone else's right to their own nationalism? So um, that's it, it. You know, of course, this is this is the struggle. This is what we're dealing with. Yeah. And and I'm so that's glad all this came about on Big Mama's house. And I'm hoping that uh, Zach will join you on Tuesday and have the answer. You know what I'm saying? And and be able to share. Um, more of what's going on with that, you know what I'm saying? How how do we begin to work together without stepping on each other's toes, but yet still, you know, 
doing our home team, you know. So it, it, it's, there's so many questions in that. And understanding that also we just did what had to be about three or four shows in a row on white supremacy. And that is, of course, leading a lot into how do we correct a current system um, that's in place to create something separate, different, additional to, amendments, all of that. So we went through that and, and really, and that can be found on the People's Black Panther Party Facebook page, and that the page is open. So you can always go and listen to the, uh, some of the older shows and check us out. Chairman does Tuesdays, and we rotate the Sundays. Awesome information. And so, and, and understand that you are truly around other NAS that want to see the best, you know, for each person's team. You know, this is what we're doing. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, Chairman, I'm telling you, your timing is right on time. This was just absolutely perfect and, and, and that you were online and able to jump in there and, and get us those answers. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And thank you for having me. It was. Um, there again, <laughs> let me reiterate, too, before you move at Zachary, personal invitation, Tuesday, 8 o'clock. Yeah. Um, you know, call in. And let's have this discussion. And, too, man, I wanted to say, are you still there? Can you hear me? Yes. Can Zach, is he still there? Is he still on with us? Yes. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Uh, I'm guessing we're going oh. to the end of the show. Before you mute me one more uh, time. Yeah, and, and I'm going to turn, because what, 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 I, what I actually did is, is and she was, and Seven is so patient, um, actually kind of hijacked the show. But very patient. But I want to say this to you, man. I definitely have to personally extend in that invitation to you to be on Tuesday at eight. I want to say this. I don't want us to, I don't want you to think we're being disagreeable for the sake of being disagreeable. But if you have dealt with black nationalists, if you just dealt with black people in general, then you understand some of the skepticism and the defense mechanism that has become a part of our survival pact in order for us to maintain just just sanity in the shores of North America. So it wasn't you personally, brother. Uh, I mean, uh, Zach, and I say brother in the in the universal sense of humankind. It wasn't you personally. Definitely looking forward to seeing uh, hearing from you Tuesday at eight seven. I appreciate that. And, and Makita, great I, questions too. Well, I heard you, I, I heard the chain on the tiger. What a leash it. But great questions. Can, can, I, quick, can before we go, can I say something? Please seven. Uh, I would I would say uh, I completely I completely understand. Uh, I mean, my family came here. I haven't been, dude. I haven't even been in America long as long as you probably. My family came here three generations ago from Northern Ireland. So you know, anytime like a British politician talks about peace in Northern Ireland, uh, you know, I see it as you know like bullshit, bullshit. So I under, I understand what you're saying, uh, but I would like to tell oh, you yeah. I'm a yeah. I'm a legit I am a legit nationalist and. I do ha- I do have the answer. I like we're saying what's the answer? What's the answer? There is an answer. There it's conversations like these and a, a peaceful solution. Uh I can't fix your house, you can't fix mine. So we can we can be neighbors, we can be neighbors, but we can't live together. That's all I'm saying. Right on. Man, right on. Man, we're going to have this Tuesday at eight. Now I may have some other cats on with you, but man, yo. Help me, Mama Kita, for a second. Hold on, hold on. Um, so 
I, I really, really want to, I have really something important to say, big mama house related. Mama Keita, next time you want to get on the phone with uh, Psyche, uh, <laughs> War, the <laughs> chairman, and y'all can go around Robin with that one right there. <laughs> you can go and have them pick your, oh my, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm flashing back to last week. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, my goodness. I'm sitting here doing a show with the dictionary. Yeah, here I go again. Okay. So we, all right, so back to Big Mama's house. We do appreciate you, Zach. Thank you so very much, and we look forward yes. to hearing from you on Tuesday. Have a blessed month. Yes. Peace. Yes. Uh, awesome. Okay. Brother right. Chairman. So, and Chairman, your, no, mic is, your mic is open. You're welcome to join us. You're welcome however you want to do it, okay? All right. He must have so, just it already. Okay. So as yeah, you were saying, yeah. uh, Chairman, don't forget about that your mic is hot. No. Okay. 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 Yeah. Right, don't, uh, I won't go okay. there. So I'll be quiet. We Let's get back oh, to economics. Look, 2020. I'm going to get you up there with the brothers, and they'll get you <laughs> all week, okay? They, they, oh, my God. You know you know how Brother E likes to do it. I'm like, uh, okay, I have something waiting for you. But um, one thing I did want to talk about, I, I don't want to let go because um, it, it's, it's too important because we're talking about this 2020, is that we have to talk about the economic crises that I see on the horizon. Um, and this this is so near and dear to my heart because, you know, as everybody knows, uh, myself and Mom Akita, we do uh, social programs. You know, we, we are helping people. Um, you know, both of us are counselors, and uh, we're helping people, you know, either mental health or behavioral health. Or, and also while we do that, we're also dealing with social issues. And even though there was a stimulus given to the people, there was a much bigger one given to the corporations, but the people didn't really use their stimulus. Uh, the, 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 the money given was not enough to make a financial difference to, in a lot of these households. And some of that money, you know, by the time the money got there, they were already very deep in debt. And then turn around, um, I'm not absolutely sure the money was spent to take care of the bills and everything else like that. They're, you know, after being locked up in the house, by that time, what, two months before the um, stimulus packets were sent out, and there are some people that are still just receiving them, um, but by that time, the economic debt was really a lot. And now a lot of the holds that the landlords, the, the mandatory holds, I know there are a couple counties in Georgia um, that there were mandatory holds. You could not evict people. Well, those holds are starting to get released, you know. And so as uh, we start to, you know, even where I am, they were like, okay, there's a delay in payment. They are slashing the, the late fee. They're doing this or doing that. But now a, a lot of these things are coming due, and people are not – they're in 
the same, if not worse, economic position than they were in before. So it's like, what's going to happen from this point? You know, and this is a big mama problem because chances are they come to big mama's house, you know, and, you know, know. where do you go when you ain't got no place to go? You know what I'm saying? Where do you go when you don't have no money? And and so we start to look at, you know, the impact on our community and then who's really going to be paying the bill on this. You know, whose house is already paid for? Chances are Big Mama's house may be the only house in our family that is paid for. They've been sold. They've been sold. Big Mama house. You know what? You know what? We got a problem. Some people don't have Big Mama's house. Look, some people's Big yeah. Mama's ain't related to them. That's real. That's real. That's real. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I chime in on what you were saying? Some of the things you were saying. Yeah, please. May I? I. You know, listen. Yeah. I. I love it. I think you're doing it right. First, we have to assess the problem. And, you know, that's the problem. Where do we go? There's now that they only gave us rent relief and not rent forgiveness, meaning they didn't do away with the rent. They just gave us. But so all of that's backing up. We're dealing with, we're going to deal with homeless issues. We're dealing with the economy thing. So these are very real problems. One of the suggestions I throw out there in the book bucket and I hope other black people have suggestions, is we're going to have to examine lifestyles, and we're going to have to have, along with a nationalist revolution, a political revolution, we're going to have to have a social cultural revolution. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're going to have to change the way we live. It's going to be the only way we survive. We're going to have to get back from this so-called secular family, go back to the nuclear family. Where we are, where Big Mama is back in the house. See, at one point in time, it wasn't just Big Mama, where everybody lived there. And when we got our own and moved out, it became Big Mama house. Big Mama always had somebody living there. That was the family house. Big Mama was a custodian. You know, so we're going to have to get, in my opinion, of course, uh, not just communal living, communal eating. We're going to have to go back to the big pots of potatoes, beans, and just those things that are natural and Holy substance. Everything is in this individualism. Even the food is in tiny portions. You can go to, I don't know when the last one ate, and I'm going to tell on myself, last one anyone's been to a fast food place. I can go there just with me and one of the children and spend $30. So everything yep. is in these bite-sized, <laughs> small, you know. So this dependency that we've become accustomed to and we've grown lazy because we haven't really been challenged by nature, some call God or anything, any financial crisis or social crisis. So we become overindulgent, overdependent. And now when we're here with these things, we are just totally out of whack. I really say along with a political economic revolution, it's going to have to be a social culture. We're going to have to change our life, people. Absolutely. You know, we're going to, um, I think, <clears throat> and I saw this on Facebook. I saw, you know, um, Male, 65, check, looking for a room. And I was like, it was just a post. That's that's all the post said. And I was like, wait a minute. Are we going to get there? Is it going to get to the point where it's like, look, I got an extra room here. Who needs it? You know what I'm saying? I got kids and cats, no dogs, you know. And so it's like, 
you know, we're getting to the point where we're going to have to, those that have are going to need support in maintaining it, and those that don't have need someone that has to assist them. And so, you know, we're getting to the point where it's like we're not going to make it individually or the small percentage of us that will make it individually will not begin to touch the large number of us that really just dropped it, you know, aren't doing well. You know, we can't even all go on welfare because that would overburden the system, and the system's not even equipped for that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know about, you know, just from knowing about social programs available, the waiting list for Section 8 housing in central Georgia is two years, okay? That means right now with the number of people that need housing, you there is a two-year wait. That is ridiculous. And that's because the people that are getting on the Section 8 are never leaving, you know. And so we, yeah. we have all our systems are taxed. A lot of our systems are at max right now. And so what happens when these landlords get the right to evict people, what happens at that point? Mm-hmm. What happens when the electric company can start turning off people's lights? You know, um, all all of this. You know, usually in the wintertime, there's a point where they can't turn off the, the, the oil, but mm-hmm. guess what? They can turn it off now, and there won't be none in the fall. Mm-hmm. So it's like you well, have to start thinking now. Yeah. Well, I tell you, our economy sure is going to get a uh, couple million dollar boom for the criminalization of black males. Penitentiaries are going to just swell. You know, so, I mean, you know, like you said, for a capitalist society, that's that's win-win. You know, it's a a win-win. It's a win-win because we're going to take your man and we're going to put your man in jail mm -hmm. and he's going to have to stay there Mm -hmm. and he'll work for us for free. And while your man yep. is out your house and you don't have any support, we're going to put you up in this place. We're going to pay guards to watch your man, and then we're going mm-hmm. to pay social workers to come be all in your daggone business and make mm-hmm. sure that you and your children know and never feel comfortable in the home that I'm providing for you, okay? It's Boy, a win-win absolutely. for our government, but it's not a win for our people, and we're creating generations of of this understanding. Mm-hmm. Generations of mm-hmm. people never having, never feeling comfortable in their place because they know it's not their place. You know, knowing Absolutely. that the man can walk in whenever they want, knowing that little Johnny can't have a pet because it's not my house. I, I don't control whether you have a pet or not. You know, just just mm-hmm. little things like that. You know, and this is the kind of stuff that I'm like, we have got to talk about this. We've got to get an understanding as to how we're going to do this. Uh, back in the original Panther, when the original Panthers were creating the 10-point platform and all of the things, there wasn't a support system in place. So, therefore, we had to create anything that we had. If it was ours, mm-hmm. we had to create it. I think mm-hmm. we're going back to that. Um, on one hand, I'm not worried about it. I'm not afraid because I believe my community is going to thrive no matter what. But the adjustment, growing pains, like they say, 
can be painful, you know. And so in mm-hmm. result, I think we'll be fine. Adjusting to the idea of communal living, adjusting to the idea of generational um, wealth when we're trying to keep generations together, um, that's going to be a bit of an adjustment. And so all it, so it's really going to start to think, what do we need? The word need is going to have a different meaning as to what it meant before, you know, um, hey, before we hey, did yeah. be individualized. We popped our collar hey, being individualized. You know, I got my own car. I, I go where I want to yeah. go. <laughs> you know, I, I got uh, Exactly, I got exactly. Guys. I think it's new, just new teachings. I think um, Mother Makita, Makita, Sister Makita hit on it earlier when she was like, she ever told them about Black Wall Street. Because we, yeah. I, I think that we yeah. really have to have a realistic view of who we are, our contributions, and how we're viewed by other people, other segments of America. And the way that you're viewed, the way that you, uh, uh, the nature of something should dictate your handling. That's a quote from Mother Seven. The nature of a thing dictates its handling. So if I view this, uh, Caucasian or whatever, white America as an enemy, not to hate or anything, but as an enemy, as a fact of nature, like a bumblebee or a snake or anything that can bring me harm, then I will act accordingly. I think that the not really looking at this white man properly gives us the false sense of inclusion and security, and so we don't have aspiration. Section 8, they live there forever because what example do they have to aspire to? One thing I say about segregation, though I don't advocate it, I don't advocate anybody telling us where we can live and they control our resources. But one thing I would say about our forced separation from uh, certain segments of society, white America, I'm going to say it, from white America was it forced us to depend on one another. And in that depending on one another and our being around one another, we had good examples. We had things to aspire to. When someone, the, the, the black shopkeeper really was somebody in the black community, the black father, the black pastor. But when you hold that in the light of your oppressor who says manhood is a Hugo Boss suit, or manhood is a $100,000 home, or manhood is being able to do this and that, and won't allow you to have that and also deprive you of the means to obtain those things so you never attain manhood, you're feeling inadequate and what's there to aspire to. So the first thing is really, I, I think, point number five, ten-point platform program, black people, black people, part of self-determination. We want a history that teaches the true nature of this decadent society and the black man and the black woman's role in this society. Knowing who we are, realistically, that we are great and dynamic in our full potential and in conjunction with knowing how they view us, therefore we can look for certain treatments. We we will stop being shocked. I'm I'm just ready to get past the shock of it all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm ready for black people to stop being shocked at their treatment at the hands of white America. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I yeah. get that and I, I really want that we we have to get to a, a very realistic understanding and a, a very practical one. Yeah. Very practical. You know, we're that, we're that, right now it. we're facing the idea are the kids going back to school or are they not? You know, and so 
It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we have so many things that are impacting our community that we have absolutely no control over. And so it's absolutely. like we have got to start having control over certain things or at least having that strong plan B, you know, having that strong plan C, something, you know. Um, and whether the answer is communalism, whether it's community, whether, you know, whatever it is, we have got to start putting these plans right. in place. <laughs> right. We've got to start putting these right. plans in place. Mama Makita. Did I lose you? No, I'm listening. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about this housing crisis that's coming up? I totally agree with you. We, we're just going to have to make some choices and some adjustments because the landlords will have the upper hand very soon. Yeah. And very soon. families will have to learn how to coexist again. You know, we understand yeah. the growing pains and wanting to be on our own and wanting to do everything on our own. Yes. But yep. unfortunately, the way things are going for right now, we're going to have to figure out a way to make it happen and to work together. And that means whoever household it is, they really need to set the atmosphere. So that home is going to have to be a sanctuary of peace and education because you're going to have some mm-hmm. other battles to handle the outside. That in that home, you're going to have to figure out how not only to work together, but how to maintain peace, teaching the household members how to shake some of that stuff off before you walk into the house and change the vibration of everyone in me. Being able to agree yes. to disagree, but still move forward and do the things that you need to do. And also yes. use that opportunity to educate our babies. Because the school, obviously, and right now, and even if it wasn't, doesn't mean they're going to educate our babies about our awesomeness. So take this yeah. opportunity to do And then, this is, then when we start thinking about communal understanding. And this is also the time for the household leaders, you know, if two-parent household, whatever's going on, you need to show your the children in your home a healthy understanding of what a good relationship is. It doesn't have to be yes. perfect, but is it healthy? Is there open communication? Are you able to agree to disagree? Do you have that united front? This is the time that you have to teach your children. Absolutely. So if you use the time wisely, a lot can be accomplished. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I have and said teach these things about black Wall Street and everything else, so when they have somebody else that get on the phone like that, they can handle that. I'm going to be quiet. I have said, yeah, I I have said I went many a time, many a day, um, that the black family is the, is the answer to the problem. When that family unit is in place, there is nothing that can harm it, that can separate it, that can do anything. Man, woman, everything else falls into place. I agree. But I agree. That's in the home. But we also that's in the home, sis. But we also have to teach them how to handle certain things in the street. You know? And well, it's a sad thing when you you praying over your it's baby. A dynamic, you the I baby think. The store, and you don't know if they're gonna come back. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, one, you know, one of my things nobody is, else is gonna understand that. But us. Yeah. I, you know, and then, too, we, we're talking about black family and black homes, and I can appreciate 
this discussion, and especially the lining, I mean, the, the lane of this discussion, it goes in the vein of that black determination or black determination. I'm sorry, y'all, I'm so exhausted. It goes in the, the line of determination, <laughs> which means we have to define family. The family phenomenon is different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. We were back then, I don't think that they were really dealing with the phenomena of a thing called a baby's mama. Not that they didn't have kids outside of that, but they would practically have whole families across town. You know, I don't yep. think women rolled up there in the slash tires or brothers wasn't really just out of their cool. There was a persona. There was a, a moral and an ethic, unspoken code. There was just ways we didn't behave. So there were certain um, aspects of, of black family that they didn't have to deal with. We really have to address that. I think one of the failures of the black community is our problem to look at, our, our inability to look at problems realistically, like the homosexual thing. You know, we brush it and scoot it under the rug and try to duck around and dance around it. We don't really address things as a people. And lastly, in saying that, I'd like to ask this question. When did we become so individualistic? When did we really adapt that whole way of life? I can remember Hearing, seeing, and even feeling this sense of belonging when um, I remember people used to say, oh, I'm the first in my family to go to college. And they carried that honor. And the family pushed that energy, but you're the first to go to college. It really was communal. Like we celebrated one another's accomplishments, first blacks. Remember we used to learn that in school? The first black person to do something. What We felt race pride. First black astronaut. First black we were taught first blacks, and I and and me, I personally were one of those people that came up on, and still to this day, like have this reference for first blacks. You know, I didn't look at them as Uncle Tom's and this and that. I looked at it as like achievement, like thumbing their noses at the people who said we were lazy and they didn't let us read and we could hardly talk, and then we mess around and do open heart surgery. Ha ha. You know what happened to that sense of. You just got a mouthful. Hey, it wasn't really yeah, you know. So what happened to that sense of communalism when we got off on seeing us achieve and we all celebrated in that one person's doing the thing? When did it come you about? Just me, me. Consideration, brother chairman. When they flooded our communities with the crack cocaine, when mental illness and there was so many institutions and then they deinstitutionalized all of these places and then like here, take your issues with your family, and I'm going to give it back to you. Not only going to give it back to you, but I'm not going to give you any resources. Then not am I only going to not going to give you any resources. I'm going to privatize these jails. And then I'm going to make sure that they know it's going to be a rolling way so they can get some money on their returns by constantly locking up people who really should be getting mental wellness help and not incarcerated. So it was a combination of all these different things that happened in society that made us become individuals. And, and I and I'm asking that wow. when they flooded when they flooded our communities yeah. with drugs flooded. they also flooded it with money and then at mm. that point we had 14 and 16 year olds walking around with mama's salary in their pocket and then that oh. changed the dynamic of our family okay because at that mm-hmm. point Papa wasn't the breadwinner. This 15-year-old who don't know nothing, he's now the breadwinner, okay? And so now the the whole, I can't marry the 15-year-old, so the little girls aren't looking for a husband 
they're looking for the come up. You know what I'm saying? Because this 15-year-old's life expectancy is only about 19. So she can't invest in a marriage. But So she's going to try to have a baby real quick and get money and tax that money like that. So, you know, when we started being flooded with money disproportionately, again, between whites and blacks, now we're creating a, a, a age issue, and now we're elevating children to the point of adulthood because of money. And so when this money came flooding into our system, now the the 15-year-olds and the 14-year-olds are now walking around making decisions for the house and, and living this wild life, and it's impacting everyone there. You know, this is how elders got stuck in their homes in certain neighborhoods, and they couldn't move out, and the, home, the neighborhood is now a war zone. You know, they can't even use Big Mama's house because it's dangerous to go to. It's dangerous for her to go to, you know. Um, and so when we start, when when the dynamic change from man and woman, that everything stops, you know. And that they know that's the key. So they're always trying to find ways to lock men up. And they're always trying to find ways to make the black woman loyal to anything but the black man, Okay even if it's her child, even if it's her job, even if we're going to give her all the degrees. The people getting degrees, yeah, men are getting degrees, but not at the rate the women are. So we're constantly trying to create other loyalties for the black woman other than her man, and then we're going to take her man, have him focus on this download epidemic, um, this drug life, this individual, no, I don't need you idea. So... It has been very, very intentional how we got so individualized. Now we're going to put woman against woman for that same brother um, and and make it so that, no, we can't share. (laughs) We can't cooperate. It has to be me or her. You know, that's just how it is. Can we all just get along? Can we all get along? Yeah, no, 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 yeah. Um, you know, we got these kids now with this money. Okay, you going to jail. Um, and how about this? Some of these little knotheads, they go in and out of jail before they hit, uh, I think it's 16, before they get become grown, you know, because they're taking, they're taking charges for older people. And so, yep. but before he even hit adulthood, he got a record. So his life, well, his life man is about to go to zero. So, you know, the individualism, things, like you said, individualism. When we things, dealt with, we dealt with the African communalism. While we dealt with communalism. We can put all political terms on it. We were a village, even when we didn't understand absolutely. still the African concept of village. You know, I don't know how my the elders in my community had cell phones before cell phones were invented. Miss Johnson could see me throwing rocks on a hundred street before I got home <laughs> on First Street. You know, <laughs> and you know I'm telling the truth. Before you got home, your parents yep. knew who you were with, what you were doing, yep. what time you were yep. doing it. I'm yep. like, how yep. did? What kind of grapevine? Yep. So we lost, and 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 not only that. Before I got home, I was in fear of getting home because I knew it beat me because Miss Johnson had already chastised me for throwing rocks. So right, I right, know right. she didn't yeah. the word. So I know I'm in yeah. trouble when I get home, you see. But the fact that she could chastise me and I look at her, your mouth, your mouth. Because I know your grandmama waiting for me to say something. Yeah. And if I looked at her cockeyed, 
I got an yeah. extra slap across the face for Sasson. Oh, young people don't even right. know what Sasson is. You remember yeah. Sasson? I don't even know. What, is there a definition? for? I don't even know. I just knew I feared the word. Was you sad? No, ma'am. I don't even know what it means, <laughs> but I wasn't doing it. Was doing it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't doing that. You know, I know it's haram. It's forbidden. It is forbidden. It is the forbidden thing. So we have to get back to that sense of village, and a lot of that is going to take courage on our part to address people, but even before then, my mother shared words of wisdom with me that I, I, I love to share with the listeners. And my mother said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I'm loving one another. See, no one wants to be chastised if you never helped me. Don't come and jump in my chest, brother. But when I've been down and out and hurting and bruised and battered and bleeding, you haven't offered so much as a handkerchief. But you want to criticize my faults and tell me all my wrongs. I don't want to hear it. But if I know that you've loved me in my downs, you massage my, my, my aching bones and patted away the bruises and put ice on the lumps. When I'm lumping myself, since you have helped me with the lumps, you're going to tell me, hey, man, I ain't going to keep coming with my ice and you busting your own ear. You still back over there? Right. Isn't that where I got you from last time, brother? I'm yeah. a little more inclined to yeah. listen because, like, yeah, that is my ride home. You better come on, I'm leaving. Yeah, I better go. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we, we you know? That's my ride. Okay. <laughs> you know? But you know what? We stopped being connected. We stopped being together. We stopped, you know, represent. It became turf wars. You know, we, we, we went from being with each other, protecting with each other, to making it a gang and being willing to kill for this patch of land that don't belong to me nor my mama. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, how wow. did we yeah. get there? You know what I'm saying? Where it wasn't just looking out for each other. It was you can make an ultimate decision and, and really have to pay an ultimate price on that. I have a caller that would like we to speak, it, even though we're winding down the show. Say again? You know, how do we get back from that? By taking, how do we get you back know, from accept, that? Yeah. accept some and, and, responsibility. Look in the mirror and, and I would be willing. I would be willing to take a little bit back. You know, sometimes we think like so large, like everyone has to be on the same plan. I don't think that's going to happen. But why don't we come up with a couple of plans? You know what I'm saying? So if you want to be focused on religion, you can be a community religion. If you want to be focused on economics. You can be part of community economics, you know, whatever you want to do and whatever you want your focus to be, I think we have to not only be open-minded to the solution, but open-minded to other people having other solutions, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to this economic crisis, I don't think dollars are going to be the answer. I think the answer is we got to work together. Please. I you. You know what? And this is going to be the last thing I say because I've been rapping. There's been an answer put out there from a man who had one of the largest, most successful black organizations that we've seen. And because his philosophy was simple. We get all deep, and I love getting deep because I, I, I love to study and share what I've learned. But he had a simple philosophy and had one of the largest, most effective organizations. And his name is the Honorable Marcus Osai Garvey. That organization mm-hmm. is the... Uh, 
UNIA, United Negro Improvement Association, African Community League, ACLU. And his philosophy was what? Race. Race. Simple. Simple. And everybody could bite it. Think about yourself. That that involves individualism and community. You know, think in what I'm doing right now good for me as a black person, and does it set a good example and will it be beneficial for black people that come along with me and after me? And if we just take race first, I guarantee you don't have to study Mao, Huey, and then to do that first, and we will see leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. Race first. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me share that. Oh, no. Love it. Love it. Um, I say it almost every day. Almost every day. So I want to grab this caller real quick. Caller, I I appreciate you holding on. We are wrapping up, but I would love for you to, you know, say hello and and add a point or two um, to the conversation. Greetings. Oh, peace and power. This is Equinese. I'm going to try to speak uh, pretty, pretty uh, hurriedly. Uh, I'm calling for South Carolina, but uh, just add on to what the brother was saying. One thing about uh, the the Honorable uh, Messiah Marcus Garvey's movement is that, you know, even now, today, we really don't see any remnants of that, right? You know, it isn't much, but he was very potent and powerful for that time. I think only until we have people like Marcus Garvey that are adorning the walls of our children right now. It's NBA Youngboy. Right now it's Jay-Z. Right now it's Drake. That's all over their walls. These people aren't encouraging our children to, to, to get their heads right. They're encouraging them to pull up surf and smoke drugs or, you know, sell drugs. This is the reality. So when we're looking uh-huh. at why our children are participating in the gang wars, they're only doing what they're naturally supposed to be doing because this is what the, the environment is encouraging, for one. Uh-huh. And also, they turn Media on the TV, they see the man with his pants uh-huh. hanging down talking about, you know, and this is a thing that's promoted via the Europeans. So we need to understand, it, and I want to, you know, tie into what the brother was saying, because it is going to be a very complex thing for us to understand what we are dealing with. We have to understand how far the rabbit hole goes, because we didn't get into this situation overnight. We didn't get into it over four, uh, over 400 years. It was a longer stint than that. So I think it's, uh, you know, what you guys basically said is unifying and not on the external sources. We need to be unifying on the value and the quality of our internal life on our ancestors. The fact that when we're speaking to each other, that we can both value and appreciate the work of our ancestors. We aren't there collectively yet. So I do feel like collectively we have to be there. Of course, it's good for a couple of us to do it, but you can't have any type of motivating force to drive anything, to put anything, unless we get momentum behind it. So one thing our ancestors understood was how to work with the essential resources or the essential sources of life, water, air, utilizing these things. Now we throw these very things away. So I just wanted to add that tidbit on. And like the brother said, my grandmother told me self-preservation is the first law of nature. So don't be afraid mm-hmm. to say black power, to say African power, to say I love my Africans. That's another thing that Marcus Garvey said. Africa for Africans. So he was definitely mm-hmm. with the going back to Africa movement. So if America don't like you, you're not going to get up an army to beat their army. So guess what? We might have to look at, you know, going some other places. Not Everybody ain't going to go. So this is another 
um, you know, just to add on to the conversation, the great conversation. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I can call back in a little bit early and, and, and uh, uh, pitch in a little bit more, fam. Please do, please do. Um, I think you're a friend. Hey, man, you can catch too. us. Yeah, we you can catch us again. Let me, let me throw this out here uh, on Seven Show. Again, this is Big Mama's House, hosted <laughs> by National Director of Operation Seven. You can also catch us. The People's Black Panther Party is dedicated to try to bring this information and make it somewhat entertaining. Nobody wants to go straight back to school, but we do want to be informed. <laughs> so it's right, one of right, our right. missions. Uh, uh, we, have, <laughs> we have made it our mission to try to inform the people. So we have shows every Sunday of the month. Our, our national chief of staff has an outstanding show with an outstanding panel. Man, it's very outstanding, very there. So I have Big Mama's House. Um, I have a show, a couple shows a month. We also have a show on Tuesday. It's called Let's Talk About It, just a little alternative to the political education and the things that's going on. Tuesdays, same clock, 8 o'clock, same time, 8 o'clock Eastern. You can check out. You can check out our Facebook page, the People's Black Panther Party. And we love your comments, participation, calling to the radio, and like the chief always encourages and advises the people. Check us out. Join an organization. Check us out. We'd love to be your organization. We'd love to have your voice with us and help us to represent the needs of our people from your perspective. But if this isn't a fit for you, which sometimes some organizations aren't a fit for people, find a progressive black organization to join and get involved in your own liberation determination struggle. Thanks for letting me make that plug, Seven. I'm giving it back to you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> look, look. I couldn't have said it better myself. I could not have said it better myself. Um, you know, we're always looking for that. You know, we want people to get involved. We love the fact that we're sparking it here on Sunday, but there's so much more that's behind the scene that's available that, you know, we can get into. And one thing I like about, you know, this formation, not just that it's my formation, but it's a very unique formation where we really, really we operate like a family and we are working for the collective benefit. It is so awesome. It is so awesome. So check us out. We'll be here next Sunday. And next Sunday, I think, Chairman, you'll be on doing the political education. So that's going to be very, very good. All right. So we're we're doing our wind-up, right? And it's been an interesting show. It's had a lot of different things going on with it. Um, I would love to get two minutes from um, – Chairman, and then me and Makita are going to wrap this up. You know, what, what's, what's the takeaway when it comes to 2020? Because it's been hard. It's been rough. You know, it's continuing. You know, how, how do we go about, you know, dealing with 2020? Um, man, great question. I'm just going to, you know, like you said, two minutes, so I'm going to touch on it from the point of what we were addressing today. I think 2020, what we've seen from the explosion of 2020, from the discontent of people with their living conditions, especially black people, uh, of 2020 is at the – I'd love to see it go farther. I'd love to see us have an agenda a little more spelled out for us to take more uh, – have more influence of the uprising. But what it has done, it has opened up the opportunity for real honest dialogue, like we found the nationalists. Nationalists come on, the white nationalists come on. What that tells us is two things. One, the importance of political education. Because we heard a white nationalist, not a white supremacist, not any, just a nationalist. And nationalism is not a bad word, despite what people try to make us think. 
But we also, you know, hear from that we have to take in. We understand our struggle is unique, so we're always adding race as a factor. Remember the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey, race first. So even in our nationalism, race first. So we're learning uh, that we're getting an opportunity for open and honest dialogue. So I said about political education. Two, in my conclusion on saying that, we're going to have to examine ourselves. I loved Makita's boldness and ferocity and braveness. A lot of times, and this is why I was asking Zach the question, uh, and it wasn't to be offensive, but a lot of times we get so tickled that a white person agrees with us. I agree. You guys are the creators of the universe. Yeah. You guys are simply, yeah, I'm going to put you on the radio. You can tell all the rest of the black community. Still falling into colonialism, seeking the approval of the white man just because he agrees with us. And now we really do feel we said we were the, the, the founders of civilization, but now the white man says it, so we, that verifies it. You know, So we have to be very careful of this sickness that resides in us. I think that 2020, it has really taken the covers off the illusion of inclusion and the illusion of mental security and mental elevation. We still found out we are still just one step above. I think we, if we're not niggas, we went back to the stage of being Negroes. So that's what Negroes. I think. we found out we're not where we thought we were, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's across the board on a couple of things. So thank you so much for, for hanging out with us and, and really, you know, getting up in there. I love it. Thanks it's for wonderful. having me. Oh, man, anytime. You know, you keep we keep the mic open. <laughs> we be keeping the mic open. So thank you so much. Uh, Mama Makita, this has been a different kind of Big Mama's house. Um, we had company, you know. Uh, it, it was a different feel. And we touched on everything with the topic of the show is 2020 is crazy. And and that was the show. You know, we got to see so many different things that are going on that are impacting 2020. Give me a, give me your two minute rundown. You know, where are we at? How do, and how do we fix this? How, where do we go from here? 2020 has been disrespectful on so many levels. <laughs> So many levels, um, and it, it is clear that we take these opportunities. <laughs> Only Makita. Okay. So it is my prayer that we take this opportunity and really, you know, look at that person in the mirror, see what you can do individually, um, so that you can come together collectively. We have to learn how to agree to disagree, but still come together on the things that we agree about and make it happen because you will have mm-hmm. some people that don't have all this beautiful melanin who will disagree on 99 things and come together on the one thing that they don't like your melanated biscuits. Mm-hmm. And they will come together with this. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you'll have those of mm-hmm. us who agree on 99 things. But the fact that you bought that Nancy potato salad over 10 years ago, we're still not talking. <laughs> so we need to get over that. We need to get over that. Okay, right. so I to put a little bit of relish in there and a couple other things and get it together and let's come together mm-hmm. and let's work the way we're supposed to be working together. You yeah. know, I, I've seen mm-hmm. some very amazing things and interesting things and horrible things with the protest. 
But, of course, we're not hearing that much about them now because you don't have all the rioting going along with them. But the protest is still going. But that's because the media mm-hmm. doesn't want to talk about it. You know? So, yeah. for me, as an essential worker, I always thought I was essential because we have things going on and mental wellness is an issue. So, as a community, we have to learn to align our physical and mental wellness, take care of our temples so that we can take care of our mind and we can work together. And in the household, in the, these families, you know, these babies need to see that improved understanding. Amen. They need to not just sit there and watch TV all day because they don't get, they're not going to school. Oh, okay, you can watch a little bit, but I have to educate you on something. Because when you return to school, it's going to be a new understanding. Mm-hmm. Teach them. And mm-hmm. one more thing, Brother Chairman, you, I don't need none of them to approve who I am. I know that's right. That's why I love that you was given. That's why I love that I heard that fire in your questions. I've seen so many people when you get white liberals or white uh, people that suffer from white guilt or white agreeist, if that's a word. Uh, you, I found, I've seen some of the toughest revolutionaries. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, just really, you're like, yo. You know, and it, it they take on a whole nother air. So my, that was my whole question to him, like, okay, we're basically saying the same thing. So why are you over here with us saying it? What what what, mm-hmm. what, what do mm-hmm. you expect us to do at this point? Like, oh yeah, we're, we've arrived. We we said the oh, right yeah. thing because this white guy agrees with yeah. us. I mean, like, yeah, why, you're preaching to the choir. You go talk to the people perpetrating violent crimes against black people. I mean, exactly. you know, okay, yeah, man, hey, yeah, Zach, I agree, man, and that's all I can give you. So one more thing. I, I don't know, you know, sometimes they, when they're not accepted amongst their own, sometimes they come seeking the Messiah um, limelight from us because they know some of us subconsciously suffer from that. Not that we want to do it, it but some of us subconsciously elevate white people. Okay, and, and it's not working over here. And just a future reference, it is Dr. Huey P. Newton. Respect. Yes, ma'am. Yes, okay. ma'am. Dr. Defense Minister UEP, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Because what we're not going to do is just act like he woke up one day with nothing to do. He was always in the struggle. The passion was always there. So for some people, the passion is And I agree with that for the sake. And I agree with that for the sake of respect. I'm like that with Dr. King. I'm like that with President uh, President Obama. With uh, uh, Mrs. Obama, you know, it's nothing worse in the world to see someone call another man's wife by her first name and you don't know that couple. You know, I can imagine me walking around with Michelle. Whoa. So I, 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 I stand corrected and I love that. I think that we should return the reverence for those people who have earned those lofty and noble titles. So absolutely, Dr. Defense Minister Huey P. Newton. Absolutely. So that way, when your guests come on to put some respect on it, boo. Yes, ma'am. Ten four. Mm-hmm. All powers to oppress people. African power to an African people. Black power. I'm out. Goodbye. <laughs> We're out. Peace. <laughs> Peace.